This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Grace Pettis epitomizes the term singer-songwriter. She blends Americana, folk, and country in such a unique way that appeals to all generations. Her latest record, Working Women, features an all-female band. Grace joins me on this edition of Americana Music Profiles as we talk about her musical journey and the adventure of putting this new album together. Hi, Grace. Welcome to the podcast today. Hello. Thanks for joining us here on the Americana Music Profiles podcast. It's good to get a chance to talk with you. We were talking offline and uh, actually spent a couple years in the same town together, and we didn't even know that, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I saw the Harrisonburg pop up on the... <laughs> yeah. The call and so yeah. That's awesome. Cool. So you I think you told me that you guys were in Nashville, you moved to Harrisonburg and now you're in Texas, is that right? Uh I think it was so it was Harrisonburg and then Nashville and then Texas, but it was back to Texas. Okay. I, that was where I moved first at high school. So, okay. Yeah. All right. And, and so is that Texas home originally? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. It was right outside Austin. Yeah, and you're you're back there now, then, right? Did I get that correct? Yes. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Um, and if I think I, I, I've got this correct, you you had some pretty musical background uh, influences growing up. Is that right? Uh, definitely. Yeah, I I was listening to music. I guess before I was born, you know, because my mom was kind of trekking around with my dad at folk festivals and hanging out with hippies and songwriters. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I grew up just around musicians. My dad has been in the troubadour game for, I think, you know, 40 or 50 years probably so now. So you get it honestly. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he started when he was like 18 or something and maybe younger. And uh, he's been doing it for, for some time now. So, yeah, I've sort of grown up around it and come by honestly. And both of my brothers are also musicians. Oh, that's cool. And, and did you all grow up playing together? Was there that kind of thing going on? You know, I think people assume that because we're from a mountain in Alabama. And, like, so people just kind of picture, like, porch jams with banjos and fiddles and stuff. But, like, the thing about us is, is that we're all, like, very different <laughs> from <laughs> each other. And we're, like, intense and intensely individual people. So we don't, like, 
always play well with others, and we definitely didn't, like, jam. Dad was really careful about, um, when he was home, really being home, oh, and, uh-huh. you know, kind of keeping the music in this, like, other box for work, mm-hmm. because he would tour so much, and then it was like, he would get the kids for the weekend. We, like, we wouldn't spend that time doing anything musical. For the most part, we'd spend that time, you know, hanging out with our dad, but I do think that, like, you know, we just were kind of around it, and all of us would play music and listen to music and, um, you know, started little bands when we were in high school and stuff like that. So, we, you know, we've all kind of been around it, but we didn't really do it so much together, with the exception of, like, a yearly Christmas show at Eddie's Attic um, okay. that we used to do. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys go on the road with him as a family much, or, or the kids go with him much? Was that part of your growing up? Well, no, because we were in public school, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, so, and, well, Raymond was in private school for a bit, and, um, you know, it, it would have been really disruptive, I think, mm-hmm. for, for us, like, and my mom had a job, she had a straight job, you know, teaching gig at Georgia State University, so my parents were also split up, you know, so, so we went some, if there was something really cool or something that mm-hmm. was like a weekend mm-hmm. that was nearby, um, and I, I do remember you know, working the merch table when I was a kid. Um, we would sit in my dad's apartment and, like, put labels on postcards oh, and yeah. promote gigs cool. and things like that. But, like, yeah, yeah but we also were in school, so. And you took to songwriting pretty early, too, didn't you? Yeah, I can't actually um, remember a time before I was writing songs. Really? Because, okay. yeah, it's just something I've always done. Like, my parents say when I was, really, really little and first learning to talk and walk and sing, I would just walk around the house, kind of toddle around the house, just like making up songs about whatever I was doing. <laughs> so cool. it's just, it's always been like this very natural, organic, I think, response to life for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. To, to sing about it, to write about it. So yeah, it, it's just a real part of my identity, I guess. When did it become something that was more than um, pastime, part-time? When was it something that you realized, hey, I, this is something I want to pursue more intentionally? Well, you know, I think I just, I spend so much of my time writing songs that for me, the question wasn't like, do I want to do this for a living? But the question was like, how can I spend the maximum amount of time doing this? Mm. And like, mm. and what path will enable me to like, be able to write and play and sing um, the most. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so for me, it was like, well, I'm going to try to do it full time. And um, and I've had various like seasons of my life where I've had, you know, day jobs and and uh, or you know, I've done it in different ways. Like I've played restaurants and done the three four hour gigs, where just playing covers. I've done, you know, a lot of touring as an original music artist. Mm-hmm. Like, so I've, I've kind of tried to, like, I guess, fine-tune it in my life in a myriad of ways. But, like, the end goal was always, how can I spend the most amount of time with music, you know? Yeah, yeah. Were you able to do that? Obviously, the pandemic has messed everybody up. But leading up to that, had you found this space where you were able to do that mostly as your thing? Yeah, I mean, like, even when I was, like, working retail, you know, I write songs on receipts and stuff. So I've never, like, not been doing it, but, um, 
you know, before the pandemic, I had gotten in a routine where I was playing gigs with my own band in Austin, Texas. I was playing stuff solo. I was touring um, kind of as a half of a duo with my guitar player, Tally Rich. And I had also just joined this, this songwriter trio, Nobody's Girl, with Betty Spooner, like a Lobby, and so we were doing a lot of touring for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, you know, when I was home, if I didn't have a music gig, uh, I was driving for Uber. And so just kind of between, like, Oh, All cool. of that. Yeah. I was, yeah, I just like scraping together enough. <laughs> so Uber was just like a thing that I did when music didn't quite cover the bills yeah, that month, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I did that up until BMG Music signed me um, to a publishing deal, which was in January of 2019. And then I got to just like peel the Uber stickers off my car, <laughs> which was amazing. And it, it meant that I could kind of take my songwriting more seriously, like spend more time doing things like setting up co-writes and um, making demos and things like that. So just really working on it as a craft more and spending more time yeah, uh, doing awesome. that part of it. Yeah, because the thing about music is you end up spending so much time just, like, answering emails, you know, yeah. or, like, on social media Yeah, that even when you do it full-time, you don't do it full-time. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but BMG really, really helped. Now, you've had other artists record your music. Are these songs that you wrote for them specifically, or through some arrangement they they found interest in one of your songs? You know, there have been times that I've written with other artists where they came into the writing room saying, like, I'm working on a record, and I would say, like, okay, cool, like, where are you right now in your life? Like, let's let's just connect with human beings, you know, what's going on Mm. with you emotionally, like, Mm -hmm. what stories are you wanting to tell, and sort of, like, and have have their life experience kind of guide the writing, Mm -hmm. but but most of the time, um, you know, with the exception of those kinds of co-writes, like, uh, I don't really write with an agenda, I just kind of write whatever comes, Mm. Um, and I think, like, in the case of Ruthie Foster, which was really, that was a, a songwriter break that um, really gave me a career as a writer. Hmm. Um, That's cool. I love her she music. Covered, yeah, yeah. She she really, uh, she championed me hmm. and, uh, awesome. and gave me a career as a writer. It put me on the radar of like BMG and a lot of other people. Um, and when she covered two of my songs, um, her producer, who was also a producer of mine, Dan Barrett, you know, he was kind of combing through songs and like the Austin songwriter community trying to find the right sort of just like putting together a bouquet mm-hmm. basically for her for her record and he approached me and said like do you have any songs that would be a good fit for Ruthie um and I think that like for a lot of songwriters if they got that question they would maybe send like one or two songs mm. um but because I just write so much you know it's just a quantity thing mm-hmm. um I was able to send like 10 songs that all would have been good fit. Mm, that's cool. Or, yeah. You know, for for just like where she was as an artist in that moment and, and the story that she was trying to say with that record. So I think that like, I guess my advice to like other writers would be um, write a lot, you know? Yeah. Because then you'll have 10 trained songs or whatever and you'll have that song for that moment when you need it. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. Do you have a routine? Is it organic, or do you have a set schedule time that you set aside to focus on writing? You know, I'm just, I'm just, 
seasons with my wife, like, there's been times when I've been, like, depressed that I, it really was helpful for me to, like, you know, join a group where I wrote a song every week mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but for the most part, I guess the closest I come to, to discipline is, like, putting co-writes on the calendar. I find that really helpful um, because then I know I'll write at least that many songs that month. And it just sort of forces me to keep the muscle working, you know. Yeah. Um, but but in general, I just, you know, I'll write a song or two, you know, every week, every other week. Hmm. And okay. if it feels like it's been a couple weeks, <laughs> like I kind of feel it, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like exercise, like you sort of get on and off the wagon, but stay fairly consistent. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So the the reason, obviously, that we're we're talking today is you've got a new record on the way out called Working Woman. Is this, uh, I was trying to do the math. Is this number four? Did I get that right? Or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, well, let's see. So I put out two records. I, I self-released two records that I made at Blue Rock to you. Um, and then I, I made a third record with Dan Barrett, the producer I mentioned before, but never released it. Okay. Um, for a lot of reasons. And, uh, talk about that some other time but uh (laughs) so then i i accidentally joined a band called nobody's girl and we made our first ep in a matter of days like before we even had a band name wow um so i wrote the songs immediately recorded them um so then there's that ep and then at the same time i released an acoustic ep with my guitar player tally rich which was songs that we'd co-written together um so you know Two records, one secret record, two EPs, and then this this one. That so I'm about really five, maybe six, depending on which day you count, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so the new one's Working Woman. Tell me about this. Um, uh, I, I read where you kind of have a specific theme um, in mind with at least the title. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, we, we've tossed around a lot of titles, but... Uh, it feels like what I'm doing is not very subtle, and so <laughs> I felt like, in the end, like, you know, the, the title should reflect the spirit of the record um, and the songs, and, and none of it's subtle. Um, you know, somewhere, I want to say, like, February of uh, 2020, or I guess January of 2020, um, I was at the Full Client Conference mm-hmm. in New Orleans mm-hmm. and uh, ran into Mary Bragg. And we were chatting in a bathroom <laughs> um, <laughs> in the women's room about about music and their representation in music and uh, how, you know, there just weren't that many women producers and engineers. Or, or we're, we're out there. Like, we exist, but we're not reflected in, mm-hmm. you know, the actual work that, that you hear mm-hmm. that gets out there in the world. Yeah. So, um, and Mary had just been kind of like, going through this journey of going from a, an amazing singer-songwriter who has a lot of accolades as that to um, becoming a producer and producing a couple records that she was really proud of that I love. Um, so we were sort of talking, and I said, you know, I've got this song, and it's called Working Woman, and it's about just celebrating the work that women do and, mm-hmm. you know, acknowledging it. Um, and I was like, how cool would it be <laughs> if, we, if I made a record? And it was like, all women. <laughs> mm. And she was like, and she goes, you know, you mean like the band? And I was like, well, yeah, the band, but like also all the engineers, like 
the producer, you know, the photographer, the graphic designer, yeah. the co-writers, like everyone in the room, the, the text, like everybody. Um, what would that be like? Because I can't think of one. Where that's, you know, I can't think of one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she and she's you know I can't think of one either. And uh, and the goal at first was kind of to get like the the big deal names, like anybody out there who's like the biggest deal we think of, who is a female, you know, in the music industry. And so I started there, and and uh, but I ended up going back to Mary, the person that I had kind of had the first conversation with about it, because um, I feel like she just I don't know, she really heard it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, we've been friends, and we've written together, and I felt like she kind of understood. She's a Georgia girl, so we have a similar background. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I just I just felt like she was sort of a kindred spirit, like in this thing that I wanted to do. And for the first time, I, I have a budget behind me. Um, I've got a, a label paying for the record. Yeah. I've got you know like money to release it, like a radio campaign, all these things that I've never had. Yeah. Management booking, you know. Yeah. So it just felt like a good time. It's not to say that I have a real platform in the, in the sense that most people use that word. Like, I don't have a ton of fans. I'm still very much starting out. Mm-hmm. But I have an opportunity to hire some people. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think those people should be women. Um, and as, as a diverse cast of women as possible. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's really what it was about. The, um, the the songs that you included uh, outside of that one, obviously being the, the, the kind of the motivator, uh, were these songs that you wrote specifically for this record, or were these a collection of songs that you've been kind of gathering over the last year or so, and they just seem to fit? Yeah, um, I didn't write specifically for the record. Um, I mean, once we kind of had the shape of it, I think, in our hands a little bit, Mary and I, you know, I might have, like, written a couple more at the very end, you know, like with sort of the record in mind. But all the songs that made the record, it was the songs that I've written over the course of a lot of years. Okay. Um, some as far back as, like, 2013. I think I wrote Working Woman in, like, 2013, 2014. Um, and some of those songs are that old. Some of them are older. Um, a song, Landon, is when I started writing, I want to say, like, in 2011 or 12, and then just, like, kept writing and rewriting and rewriting for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's sort of new songs and old songs, and but I was looking for songs that kind of, number one, felt like autobiographical, because in a lot of ways, it's kind of the debut record for me, mm-hmm. the debut label release, anyway. Um, but I also wanted to, I don't know, I guess I wanted to express as much of the, the female experience as, as one female can, you yeah, know? Yeah, sure. Um, and should try to be as, cast as wide a net as possible of, like, what it feels like and sounds like to be a woman in the South, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. That's cool. And you got to work with Ruthie again, right? A little bit? And uh, Indigo Girls? I did, and yeah. All, yeah. You had a, a really good list of, of cool folks to work with there. Yeah. Ladies, I yeah. should say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, people, yeah. I mean, they just, we, we, we just sent out the emails and, you know, sent the texts and made the calls and just, you know, we expected, like, maybe one or two people to get back to us. And uh, all of those incredible guests got back to us. All of them were generous with their time. Um, 
and generous with their voices and like adding that to the project. And it was a, it was a cool moment because uh, when we were listening back to the mixes, it kind of dawned on me that like I want to say for like ninety nine percent of the records that you or I have heard in our lifetime, we've heard maybe one or two female voices. Hmm. So like maybe you hear a background singer who's female, maybe you hear two, you know. Maybe even the lead singer is female. Mm-hmm. But you're going to hear a max of like one, two, three voices that yeah. are female on, yeah. on any given record. Yeah. And on this record, <laughs> like, it's just, like almost like a flyer. Like, it, it's, it's so many different kinds of voices. Like, yeah. some are young, some are like more mature, like, um, you know, from lots of different walks of life and experiences and uh, different types of sound, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There was different tones and textures, and so for me, it was a really, it was a cool moment when I realized we'd, we'd kind of done that. Yeah. Um, you know? That's awesome. Kind of just showing, like, what a female voice can be. Yeah, sure. And there's so many different things it yeah. can be. Yeah, Do you have a favorite song? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't, like, I won't say I'm just in love with the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe just because it feels like this kind of, like tribe effort, you know what sure. I mean? Sure, yeah. yeah, that's good. That's but, a good way to look at it. Yeah, but I, lo- I actually love listening to it. I don't normally like to hear myself yeah. um, in recording, but I I really love listening to it. Um, I love all of it. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so the, the name of the album, again, is uh, Working Woman. It's on Impress Records. Uh, we're mm-hmm. talking a little... Um, uh, mid-March, this is going to uh, be out a little bit uh, first part of May, so by the time people are hearing this, um, uh, our conversation may be a little dated, but um, how can folks get in touch with you if they want to hear some of your other stuff, they want to get this record, what's the best way to get in touch? You said you were on social media a bunch. What's your favorite method? Well, uh, my website exists and will always exist as long as I can pay for the URL. So gracepedis.com. Okay. Um, and other than that, I'm, I'm on all the things that I'm supposed to be on, mm-hmm. you know, according <laughs> to, like, my publicist. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and um, all those things. Yeah. So, yeah, you can kind of find me anywhere, and it's at Grace Pettis. It's all of them, except I think Facebook, which is Grace Pettis Music. Yeah. Good. Well, Awesome. Thank you. This has been fun. It's it's uh, great to connect and have this conversation. Realize we actually kind of had a local connection, and I certainly um, yeah. I love the songs. And um, the song "Landon" was a favorite of mine. I enjoyed that, and uh, so I certainly wish you the, the best with this. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at americanarhythm.com. 